We are continuing our way through Colossians, and I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 1, and verse, starting at verse 15, which is what we read last week, but we'll go on a little bit further. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Father, we do ask you to open up these words and embed them in our hearts, Lord Jesus, with a greater and greater power to affect the way we live. Amen. I just wonder who is your most famous ancestor? Do we have anyone with any ancestors that I might know? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> it, it agrees with Paul's estimation of the church in Corinth. Not many wise, not many great, not many etc., etc. We are the people of God, wonderful, aren't we? I wonder who your favourite uncles, aunts, or whatever relatives are. People that you are willing to admit that you're related to. There's probably in all our families people that we're not willing to admit that we're related to. <laughs> and if people find out, it's a slight embarrassment. <clears throat> last, last week, we heard about a magnificent man. We can go to the next slide. The Christ, the express image of God, has supremacy over everything. Everything was created by him and for him. He's always existed. He holds all of creation together. He's the head of the church. He's the beginning. He's the firstborn to rise and never to die again. The first in everything. He overflows as God's fullness. He reconciles everything makes peace with God through his emptying. Last week we heard about Jesus. The, there are times where I just wish that I was more eloquent. I could have looked in a thesaurus and pulled out many great words only to embarrass myself as I mispronounced them. <laughs> 
Last week, Paul, talking to the Colossians, was extolling the virtues of this great Jesus. No one has ever existed on earth like Jesus. He showed the world what God was truly like in his love, in his compassion, in his sometimes harsh words to people. But we saw Jesus in all his glory, in all his wonder. And Paul asks, in a way, Colossian church, this is the glorious Jesus. Now, how are you related to him? How are you related to this Jesus? And he begins with these words. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. And it is worth just reminding ourselves that this really was our situation in relationship to Jesus. He was over there and we were actually alienated from him. <coughs> the, Greek, the Greek word there sort of means you, you were owned by somebody else. Actually, we were owned by God, but we'd been transferred in ownership to God's enemy. And there was no way we could get over there. And at one time, we were alienated. We were actually at war with this glorious Jesus. He was at war with us because we had separated ourselves from him and his father. He was at war with us because we, were, we had decided we were going to be enemies of God. We didn't want anything to do with God. We wanted to go our own way. We were, we were led, as Paul says elsewhere, by the spirit of the world and by God's enemy. And no matter how goody-good we were as kids, and I wasn't one of those, we were separated from God. That was our relationship with this magnificent Jesus. And because of our rebellion, we'd actually become enemies of God. Our minds were filled with all the filth and the muck immorality, lying, cheating, stealing, selfishness, self-righteousness. All of this we clothed ourselves in. And it resulted in actions that only added to our rebellion to God. And that's where we stood. It may even be today that some of you are still standing there trying to get back to God. Maybe some are even thinking, well, I've come to church. It's a step in the right direction. <laughs> Afraid not. You can't get back to God by going to church, by praying, by doing good things. The gulf is too wide. We were alienated and we were enemies of God. That's 
where we were. That's where we were. That's where the Colossian church was. And then comes one of the buts. But now God has reconciled you. So we were over here. And some of us were perhaps trying to get to God. Others of us were just carrying on sort of quite mundanely. And God over here was reaching out to us. He'd sent Jesus for us. He gave us people to tell us about Jesus. Some of us read tracts perhaps. Some of us had friends who told us about Jesus. And God was reaching out to reconcile. He wanted us back. But he knew we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. We couldn't change our insides. We couldn't change our hearts. We couldn't change our motivations. We couldn't pay the price that was needed. We were in so in debt it was impossible. But God reconciled us by Christ's physical body through death. Jesus came and shed his blood for you and me. And it was only that death that could fill the gap between where we were and where we needed to get to. It was only by Jesus, this magnificent being, only Jesus, who, was, who had created all things, all things were created for him, who was before all things. It was only by him leaving the glory of heaven, coming down to earth, living as a man for 30, 30 years, <clears throat> standing up, preaching to the crowds for three years, drawing his disciples to him. It is only by his death, his physical death, that we could be reconciled. It's only his blood that could purify us. And it's worth remembering that when we were over there, it was his blood that cleansed us. Now we are here, it is still his blood that cleanses us. It is not our good deeds. Do you know, I've... <coughs> I've seen a lot of Christians and, and that have fallen away from God or struggled with God. And I summed it up like this. Christians often fail because they're trying to do God's work rather than doing the work God gives them to do. They're trying to do God's work rather than doing the work that God gives them to do. Because we try and keep ourselves righteous before God by what we think and what we do and what we say. And then when we mess up, as we inevitably will, within about five minutes of deciding we're going to always be right before God, 
We then get our sort of knickers in a twist and we think, oh God, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? We do the same as we did over here. We say, God, you forgive me. Let your death come in me yet more. Let your blood wash over me and be clean. That is the only thing that makes me related to you, God. I can't do it. It is Christ's death, his physical body, that reconciles us to God every day. Every day. Not what we do, not what we say, not how we act, but Christ's body. Hebrews 10, 11 to 14 says, talking of uh, the sort of religion of the Jews, day after day every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and has since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who believe. Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Jesus alone took our judgment, our debt, our shame, all on the cross in his physical body. And he transferred us from being over here, enemies of God over there, to being over here, now related as a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a friend of Jesus. This magnificent saviour and Lord. This magnificent Saviour and Lord. We have now been embraced by him. Those references up there are wrong. Just notice them. I wouldn't want to get everything right. <laughs> and where are we now? But now you have been reconciled by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. I don't know about you, but the reality is I do not often feel that I am holy without blemish and free from accusation. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's not what I feel. And in some ways, it's not even what I live. Because if I lived perfectly holy, I would be totally separated to doing everything that God would do if he were Dave. And I don't do that. If I was without blemish, 
I would never have been grumpy last night when just as we got home late at night after a tiring day, Leslie doesn't understand what I'm telling her. <laughs> Which was quite plain and obvious. But as I'm trying to reverse into the garage, she's asking a complicated question about who I had met, who was thinking of buying the house down there. Why? And if I'd been without blemish, I would not have been grumpy at that point. Devil can stand there and he could accuse me of all sorts of things. Because I'm not perfect. But the great news is my position before God is that I'm holy, without blemish, and free from accusation. And the only thing I can say to the devil is, <laughs> excuse me, devil, there's a cross between you and me. There's the blood of Jesus that's like a curtain between you and me, and you can't get through. You can't get through. I am secure because Jesus has died on the cross. And I am holy, without blemish, and free from accusation, but far from perfect. I am being renewed day by day into the image of Jesus. And then it goes on, if, if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. <clears throat> now, it's an interesting, I don't often do this, but it's an interesting Greek construction, this, because some of it is, yes, continue. Some of it is, as you will continue. So Paul is confident that he who began a good work in me will bring it through to completion. And as we were talking about yesterday, this morning, earlier, <laughs> you know, I was sitting there, and when I had this vision of the wave, it was very, very powerful. It just discombobulated me a little bit. So <clears throat> I'm getting there. I'm, I, personally, I think I'm doing really well. <laughs> Holding it together. Where was I? <laughs> Continuing. Continuing. As we continue, Paul is fully expectant that God will carry us through to the end, which is why we can pray with confidence for our children. I, I, you know, I've got a couple of children there. They're a little bit away from God. but they, I've got four children, but two of them are really walking with God and two of them a little bit. But they both know who God is and I pray God will bring them through to the end that's where we stand and so this is not you must continue because I know sometime tomorrow I will make a mistake and then I'll have to come back to God again but the continuing is in the faith that no matter what I do, God has forgiven me and washed me and clean, cleansed me. 
And yes, I have to pray, as in the Lord's Prayer, Father, forgive me as I forgive others. And I need that day and day and day. But all the time I'm asking, God is forgiving. Isn't that great? We have only to continue to hold out in that faith that we're not good enough, but Jesus is. Pain from the past still hurts, but there's a day coming when we will know freedom and release as Dave Woodward's mother has yesterday. Firm and do not move from the hope that is held out in the gospel that we can't do it, but this magnificent Jesus has done it all. We have only to continue believing, hoping, and let that stir us, as we will read later on in Colossians, to walk as clean, pure, blameless people before God. Not because we have to attain something from God, but because he's done such a magnificent thing for us. Let's walk with him for the rest of our lives.